So I, I'm kind of tied to the projector here, and I do this thing at school too. I, I get uh, visual aids on the blackboard, and then I go and stand right in front of them. So I'm kind of doing that for you this morning. I enjoyed your singing, like I said, and verse 3 pretty much sets the tone for this first talk that we're looking at today. And I'd just like to read these words one more time and invite you to ponder them. It says, Lord, how can we praise thee enough for thy love in sending this Savior from heaven above, when by faith each poor sinner becomes God's own heir, together as equals salvation we share. Beautiful words and the essence of what we're going to be talking about today, really, uh, is in that third verse. I've entitled this series, Me and You, Him in Us. And we're going to be talking about me. We're first going to be thinking about each one of our own lives and then talking about you. The first two sessions, which are back-to-back here this morning, are about me, understanding divine design, unpacking my new identity. And there are several helps uh, for you, and you can use any or none of them, or all of them, if you like. I was handed this paper. I don't know if you have this paper or not, but this is, this is really uh, the kind of the fast track. If you're not a much of a note-taker, this, this one might be for you. I did prepare worksheets because I am a teacher, and so some of, I think everybody got one of these too. It's kind of fill in the blanks. There's lots of room for notes, and we'll have a, a five-minute challenge here toward the end. Later today, we'll be talking, looking at my relationship with others. So uh, second person, I taught English as a second language for many, many years, and this is a big part of language. First person is me, I. Um, second person is you. And then the third person is we. Uh, sorry, <laughs> third person is they. Or he, right? Reaching out. Tomorrow, then, we're going to be looking at him. And you're, you're maybe looking at the slide and your notes here and saying, here's a teacher that doesn't know where to put in capital letters. I uh, did that intentionally because me and you are not as important as him. And that is my goal this weekend, that we would reflect on what Jesus has done for us, what he's calling us to do, and how he empowers us to do that. And then finally, we'll be looking at us together with him doing his will. <clears throat> I also thought through sort of the essence of each talk, and you have it there in front of you, the point I'm trying to make in this first talk is that I am loved and helping you realize that you are loved. Each one of us as a person is loved. Also, we are called. Each one of us is called to a, a specific purpose. We'll be talking a bit more about that. We need each other. He has overcome, and through him, we are more than conquerors. So just heading right into the talk this morning... Me, understanding divine design. And if you want a text for your notes, this would be the text this morning. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, 
which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And that's Ephesians 2, verse 10. I'm going to just invite you to all stand and say that verse with me together. So go ahead and stand. Here we go. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10. And you may be seated. A few things that you should know about me before we get in too deep. And since this talk is thinking about me, uh, I would tell you that I was born in Guatemala. And that is me over on your far left, the little guy there with my uh, two older siblings. Another thing you should know about me, that uh, my family is here, my wife Brenda and our two children, Jeffrey and Jasmine. Jeffrey's 14, Jasmine's 10. Brenda and I also raised six Guatemalan boys that were from broken homes before we had our other two children. So John asked me this morning, how many children do you have? And I said, well, that's a, that's a tough question. I'm not quite sure. Should I say two? Should I say eight? Because there are six others that aren't here. Uh, they're grown up, and uh, Austin, I met Austin last night, uh, he would know some of these guys too. You used to play with them, right, Austin? Yeah. Do you know which one is your age? No, probably not. Chito or maybe Jose, I'm not sure. Yeah. The other thing you could know about me is that I helped to build a school. I helped to develop a school when... I started teaching there. There were 10 students, the school buildings in the background, and it grew and became what it is today, Tree of Life Christian School in El Chal. So those are some things just about me, random facts that we'll come back to. And my goal in telling you these things is to help you to see how God has a special purpose for you. So I don't know the details of your life, but God does. And I don't know how he's going to use that for his honor and glory, but he does. God has a plan. God has a plan for you. And if we can find that this morning together, that's what I would love. The first point is that I am created in his image. There's a lot of lies in the world today, and there's a lot of deception out there. And I believe that we need to just keep coming back to truth. That the problem with a lie is how we believe it. Like if it was so far out that it doesn't really even make sense, we wouldn't believe it. But a lie, a really good lie is a very slight twisting of the truth that actually pulls us in and we make decisions based on that, even though it's not complete fact. And so here is a, here is a truth. I am created in his image, and I would invite you to open your Bibles to Genesis 1, chap chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. These are familiar verses. You're not going to be hearing just a lot of brand new stuff this weekend, but hopefully it's basic. We can build on it, and we can go deep with it. That's my goal and my prayer. In Genesis 1, verse 26, we have God talking, and he says, God said, let us make man in our own image. Sorry, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. 
For so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So God made us. Even more importantly, God created us in his image, in his likeness. And I believe that God has two arms and two hands like we do, and he has two legs and two feet like we do. God God created us after his image, and we are created in him and for him. Psalm 139, verse 13 to 16, it's up there for you, takes it a step further, I believe, and, and helps us to see this plan that God has for you. I don't know you well enough to to talk really about that, but I would invite you as I read through these verses in your mind to think about who you are. It's not a, it's not a happenstance. It's not a chance that you are who you are. God chose your parents. God made you who you are to be. It says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. David says here, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Now get this. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God has a plan for you. God has a plan for your life. God made you who you are for a very special purpose. Back to this verse, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Unto good works, for good works. And then I just invite you to ponder the next phrase, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So God has a plan. God puts stuff in you, in your life, your likes and your dislikes, your talents, your strengths, and your weaknesses. God put that there. It's all there for a reason. Even your weaknesses are there for a reason. It's not just because, you know, we can't have it all, right? So we have to have some weaknesses. No, God gave you specific weaknesses for a specific purpose. I believe that with all my heart. And he would have you do a work. The problem is, I can't tell you what that is. That is something you're going to have to figure out. And it's not, it's not something you have to figure out today. It's not something that you have to figure out before you're 21. A phrase that I hear a lot in Canada, you just got to roll with it. That's kind of what you got to do, is just open yourself to God. And that's going to be your journey, discovering why God put some of those things there. I have a little statement up there for you. That is a picture again of myself. I think I'm three. I hadn't met yet John yet. I wasn't quite that young. But I was born in the jungle, born into the jungle in Guatemala. My parents were missionaries when I was born. 
and took me to this tiny little jungle town in the middle of, of nowhere, um, kind of on Guatemala's last frontier, and that's where I uh, spent the first four years of my life. If you will accept who God created you to be, God has a job for you. And I'll, I'll tell you this, growing up for me was not easy. I grew up kind of between two worlds. I was born in the jungle, and I, I really liked it there. I had a pet monkey, and that, that was fun and kind of neat. Um, I was a little bit of a mixed-up kid because my parents were North American. I look North American to you, right? Like, I even speak, apparently, with a Canadian accent. It's what I'm told. But there's a little bit more to it than that. I am probably one of the few people you will meet that has three citizenships. And, yes, I do have three passports that I carry around. And it's, it's wonderful, kind of, but you have to keep track of those three passports as well. And passports expire, unfortunately. So one time I got to the airport in Guatemala. I was flying to Canada, I think for Bible school. I'm not sure. I wasn't married yet, so these sorts of things could still happen to me then. I got to the airport, and they asked for, to see my passport. So I pulled up my Canadian passport. Actually, I pulled up my Guatemalan passport because that's usually the one they want to see first. And they said, but you don't have a visa, and you have a ticket for Canada. Do you have some other document? I said, well, I have a Canadian passport. Oh, could we see it? So I pulled it out, and they looked at it, and they said, uh, sir, we're sorry, but this passport's expired. Oh. I said, uh, what about an American passport? Go that way. And they let me fly on my American passport that day, and Canada let me in. So that was, that was nice, but you do have to keep up with them. How I got there, well, I already told you that I was born in Guatemala, so that gave me rights to a Guatemalan citizenship. <coughs> My dad was born in Ohio, Hartville, Ohio, for some of you that have connections there. When he was 19, the Vietnam War was a thing, and he was called up for service. He opted for conscientious objector status, somehow talked, them, talked the Army into letting him, him do his service in Guatemala and headed to Guatemala when he was 19. My mom was a Canadian nurse, is, is a Canadian and a nurse. She had never met my father, but she headed to Guatemala to help the poor people in Guatemala with medical needs and nutrition. And guess what? My parents uh, met there, and the rest of that is history. Part of who I am is the fact that my parents lived in a very poor town in the mountains among one of the uh, native people groups of Guatemala, the Kachikel Indians. If any of you are familiar with John Troyer's story, Awaiting the Dawn, my parents lived in that town, Palomao, where he was killed, and they, they lived there before John did. And my parents adopted a boy from that town. His name is James. He's a Kachikel Indian but he doesn't speak Kachikel anymore. But that's my older brother in the middle there. Um, he's, he's Guatemalan. My oldest brother's adopted. Then they had a daughter named uh, Charlotte, and then it's me. And you can kind of see us there on the picture. Not only are we created in his image, we have a purpose to fill. And we've been talking about that. You can just fill in the blank, and we'll keep going. But I believe God has a special purpose you. And I would like to just use my story to kind of prove that to you, that 
he puts things in our lives because he has a plan for us and a divine purpose for us to fulfill. We are called to yield our lives to God. So I grew up in the jungle when I was um, four years old, actually on my fourth birthday, our family fled the country because of John Troyer's death. John Troyer was a good friend of my father's, and when he was killed by, we think, guerrillas in Guatemala, the Canadian and American embassies wanted all the missionaries to leave the country, and so my family fell into that category, and, and we left. And that was a, a really important and uh, crucial time in my life. We moved back to Canada, and I lived there for one year with my family, and my, our family moved back to Guatemala when I was about six, I think. Um, sorry, backing up. <clears throat> then we, uh, we were back in Guatemala for three years, and when I was eight years old, we moved to Canada again because my parents uh, wanted our, us children to go to a, a Christian school and develop connections with the home church and with our cousins and our grandparents, so we moved back to Canada when I was eight, and I lived there until I was 14. Then we moved back to Guatemala, and I would have met John Waldron during that time. <clears throat> during that time, <clears throat> I'll get the tickle out of my throat. When I was 20 years old, my parents were wanting to move back to Guatemala. That we had come to Canada for my sister to go to uh, nurses' training, and my parents were moving back to Guatemala. I was 20. I just started dating. Uh, we had dated for about three months, and I wanted to start my studies. My, my dream, actually, as a boy was to be a doctor, and I always wanted to be a doctor, and I thought that's what I would, would end up being, and I thought that's what God was calling me to. God was also asking me uh, to do some pretty hard things when I was 20 years old, and I just kept saying no and, and saying no. And this is the point uh, where we are called to yield our lives to God. And I guess I was pretty hard and, and resolute. Part of that is, is my personality, I think. But we do have a will to choose. We have a decision to make. And you have to make that decision as well. And I would say for me, the decision was sort of like, how much am I going to allow God to control my life? Is it going to be, you know, doors wide open, God do whatever you want? Or is it sort of like, I'm going to control this, and yes, I believe in God, and yes, I have accepted Christ as my Savior, and I'm born again, and, and yes, we will uh, do life with God, but on my terms. And, and I think that's where a lot of us tend to live our lives frankly. When I was 20 years old, I took my little brother swimming, and I had grown up in Guatemala, as I told you. We swam a lot. One of my favorite favorite activities, but in Guatemala, you, you swim in the rivers, and you jump off rocks, and you, you dive into the river. Thank you so much. And where I took my brother swimming in Canada was a pond on a farm, and they had three diving boards, a, a low one, a medium one, and a high one. 
And I, I was out at the end of the medium-high diving board and, and wanting to dive into the water and, and swim. I'm that guy that hates creeping into the water slowly. I like to just jump in and have the big shock, and then you're, you're in the water, right? And I looked down. It was probably, oh, six or seven feet to the water. And I'm like, I haven't done this in a while. I've gone off a diving board. I'll, I'll go to the little one. So I went off the medium diving board, went to the little one. I found out later that one was especially for the little boys. It was about that far off the water, over six feet of water. Well, I'm six feet tall. The doctor later asked me, he said, you know, Stephen, how deep was the water? I said, six feet. He said, how tall are you? I said, I'm six feet. He said, how smart was that? <laughs> well, I, I dove off that diving board, and it, it set me up far more, like the spring in it, set me up far more than just jumping off the rocks. And I, I hit my head on the bottom of the pond, and when I stood up, um, my arms were tingling, and my legs were starting to go numb. So I just went and sat on the bank, and my brother finished swimming, and then I started my dirt bike and drove him home. I walked into the kitchen, and I said to my mom, um, I dove wrong, and I hit my head. I've got tingling in my fingers and arms, and my legs are kind of numb. Well, my mom's a nurse, right? I told you that. We were on our way to the hospital. We went to the, uh, the big town near us, about 20 minutes away. And from there, they sent us to London. And when they send you to London, Ontario, to the university hospital, it's, it's not good news. I spent the next two days flat on my back looking at the ceiling, um, wondering if I would ever walk again. They had a neck brace on so fast, uh, you wouldn't believe it. And they did tests and MRIs and stuff and, and found that I had nearly paralyzed myself. And so I was, I was laying there for two days, and God did a lot of talking in those two days. And I did a lot of thinking. And basically, the upshot of it was, I said to God, sure, I'll do whatever you want, wherever you want, whatever you want. And that actually works its way right into this weekend. Because I, I enjoy meeting new people, I enjoy traveling, but I don't necessarily enjoy putting together just a lot of uh, sermons and talks. Um, once I'm here, it's okay, but it's, it's not really my first love. But I have learned in my life to just say yes to God. I still uh, have issues, tingling in my fingers, and um, my right leg is going numb right now. And I think it's wonderful because it's God's way of taking me back to when I was 20 years old and reminding me that he made a deal. And God has had to remind me of that deal. But I said yes to him, not in a deal-making way where if I walk, I will do whatever you want, or if I get to marry Brenda, I will go what, wherever you want me to go or do whatever you want me to do. It wasn't that. I was actually to the place where I said, it doesn't matter whether I walk or not. It doesn't matter if I have to give up my relationship with my girlfriend. It, it doesn't matter. God, all I want is you, and whatever you have for my life, that's what I want for my life. 
So I basically wrote God a blank check and signed my name. And, and the rest is what he's done. But we have a will to choose. And you can choose. You, you decide. It's, it's up to you. And I don't really know what more to say other than you choose, you decide. Fifthly and finally, I will glorify my Father through obedience. We could look at the story of Jesus when he went to the garden, and you know the story well. He said, let this cup pass from me. Jesus knew what was going to happen, I believe. He knew that he was going to die on the cross. He knew the suffering. He knew the pain. And he, he so knew what was going to happen that he wanted it to pass. But he said, not my will, but thine be done. And that's what God is asking us to say to him today. He's, he's asking you to write him a blank check and sign your name and just close your eyes and say, yes, God, I'll do it. It, it doesn't matter. We'll talk more about that in upcoming talks, how God put things there that he wants to use. But you have to be willing to obey. I think of that children's song that I assume you know. Right at the end it says, O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E. Obedience. Is the very best way to show that you believe. So this morning, if you have not said, you know, God, you can use everything of me. You can even use my mistakes. You can use my strengths. Um, I have a plan, and, and I'll keep going with that plan. But if you show me differently, I'm willing to accept that and actually embrace that and put all of my energies toward that. That's what God is asking us to do. I would invite you to stand and say this with me. This is kind of our youth rallying cry. So I'll say it first. You say it back to me. I am loved. I am am called. called. We need each other. He has overcome. overcome. We are more than conquerors through Christ. Christ. One more time. I am loved. I am am called. called. We need each other. other. He has overcome. overcome. We are more than conquerors through Christ. Christ. You may be seated. If you're using this worksheet, down there you have a five-minute challenge. And this is something that we'll do after most of the sessions. I'm not exactly sure if we'll do it um, after all of the sessions. But today I would like you to write down three things. Three things that you don't love about yourself. So I'm, I'm actually asking you to reflect on three weaknesses that you think you have. Now, some of you probably don't have any. 
I, I get that. I can accept that. I was, I was 17 once, too. And unfortunately, that's about the time John met me. So when we were sitting up here uh, talking before the service, I'm like, oh, you know that verse that talks about um, the sins of my youth? Remember them not, you know, the sins of my youth. That, I think that verse was written especially for me. So that's, that was John's first impression. Um, take a minute. And think, what, what are three things that, that you're not good at or you don't love about yourself or you don't think you do well at? Just write those down. See, I'm not sure how much time to give. How many people already have three? Okay, we need more time. That's fine. How many people have three things now? Okay, oh, that's better. Good. Give me just a little bit more time. You are allowed to write more than three things if you want. Now I'm going to assume that you walked in here with a friend. And I want you to think about considering sharing those with, with someone right beside you. Just letting them look at your paper. But before you do that, uh, you can think about that for a little bit. I would like you to, underneath that list that you made, or beside that list, write this statement. God would like to use these things for his honor and glory. I guess I'm asking you if you're willing to let him use those things. Sometimes it's easier, well, let me say it this way, sometimes it's harder for us as young people to surrender our strengths to God, because we're, we're hoping to use those strengths to uh, maybe provide for our family, or to achieve some of those desires that are deep in our hearts, so maybe it's harder to give up our strengths if you really think about it, sometimes it's easy, it's harder to give up our weaknesses. So I'm not sure which way it's going to be for you, but thinking about these things that I'm not really good at, are you willing for God to use those things too? Because he, he will. He wants to use even your weaknesses. Of course, he wants your strengths, but he wants your weaknesses too, because he wants to use those for his honor and glory. Now, you've had some time to think about sharing that with a friend. You don't have to do this. Um, I do not want to pressure you into this. But if you feel comfortable with that, just go ahead and show your paper to your friend um, and, and talk to them about that. Feel free. Just go ahead and, and talk. Just say, yeah, like, this is what I mean here, and uh, that this is kind of what I'm referring to over here. So go ahead. You do that. Well, thank you very much. I would invite you to stand, and I will just close with a prayer, and then I'll turn the time back to John or whoever is going to be next. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning. We thank you that we can call you our Father. Thank you that you created us who we are. Thank you that you have given us incredible strengths and gifts and talents. Lord, thank you for our weaknesses as well, because that causes us to need others, the people around us. 
Lord, I pray for each person here. Lord, each one you have created with a purpose. You have loved them with an everlasting love. You have called us, Lord. But today we just reflect on the fact that everything that we are and aren't is designed by you. That you have a plan and that you would use us, our strengths and our weaknesses, to accomplish that plan. Nothing has happened by chance, and we are here today because not only have you allowed it, you have ordained it. Lord, we're just overwhelmed when we think about your love for us, your design in our lives, and the incredible odds that each one of us would be here today and that we would be together. That's a miracle just the fact that we're here together. You've brought us through our lives to this point, and we believe it's for a purpose. So we ask that you would accomplish that purpose in us today. Help us to open our, our minds and, even more importantly, our hearts to you, we ask through Christ. 